The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right everybody, happy new year and welcome to the first episode of 2021 of Hamill and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. Now, we are heading into a new year that is as uncertain when it comes to football as what it is when it comes to being able to leave your house and walk around the park. We don't quite know what's happening, we don't quite know what's going on, it's all a bit <laughs> simple, um, but we are here to try and decipher over the next 45 minutes and try and figure out what on earth is going on, not just with everything in society, but with Liverpool's season. We finished our last podcast of 2020 saying at least we've got a good year to look forward to. Liverpool are dominating in the league, and we're going to have a good run here, and hopefully we can get another title. And it's felt a bit within the last four weeks. So, Amo, firstly, how was your Christmas? What's been going on? Tell me about what's happening, and what do you make of just... What has happened over the last four weeks? I don't know. Um, Happy New Year, Danny. Happy New Year to the listeners all over the world. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, good Christmas. Um, quiet. Didn't do a lot, obviously. It's different this year. Um, same for everyone. Um, we were just discussing off there how things are, uh, have been different for a lot of people and how checking the plans have kind of gone out the window. And when it comes to football, I mean... All the all the null and voiders from last season. Um kind of kind of see what they're saying now. All these United men saying null and void. It's kinda like one of them, but yeah, no, um yeah, um I got engaged in New Year, so I was quite happy about that. No, yeah, congratulations. Um, thank you. Um when it comes to football. <laughs> um, okay, so we beat Palace seven 0 that was good. And then we, we drew against West Brom, drew against Newcastle, got beat against Southampton. And then can even include the Villa game with the kids. It was that, you know, that was more like a training game. So I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, regarding beating Palace seven 0 fantastic. You know, minute I think Minamino arrived. That was when he arrived at Liverpool shirt. Mm. Um, it was fantastic. Um, Salah come off the bench to score two was just vintage Salah. Um, West Brom. I don't know. I mean, what is it about teams getting a manager in for the Liverpool game? It's like a, it's like a recurring theme over the last five six years on the club. Soon as like a team, no, soon as like a, a team is doing awful and they're about to play Liverpool, they bring a new manager. Like, what's all that about? <laughs> you know? And then Newcastle was just, you know, 11 men behind the ball. We had our chances, didn't take them. And then Southampton, you know, it was just coming. You could see it coming from a mile off. Um, I mean, what a goal from Danny Ings. You have to give him his, his, his due. 
Um, but if Liverpool win the league this season, it's a massive, massive if. Um, we'll be lucky because you should. Those those are the type of games that you should be winning. Um, okay, we didn't get beaten two of them, but over the Christmas period, we got four points out of a possible what um, twelve. Not not good enough. It's all, the only saving grace, I think, Danny, is um, it's just because it's, it's a mad season. Is that we we could go on another run of games and okay, we're going to talk a lot about Man United and we've got our guests coming on soon. But um, it's just what everyone keeps saying it, and it's getting boring. It's it's one of these seasons you don't know what's going to happen next. And um, yeah, all I can say for Liverpool, it went from good to bad to worse to. Probably the worst game we've had in a long time, Southampton. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what to say really. I mean, firstly, how was your Christmas New Year? And how do you analyse it? Because it, it's how 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 can you analyse? I don't know if this might create a bit of work for you in the editing, but how can you analyse pitch? You know. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? And I've got a lot to say on it. Um, but firstly, yes, Christmas was fine. Thank you. Um, Christmas was obviously very very different this year. Um, as it was for everyone who's listening. Um, we had plans to go over to Liverpool for Christmas. It all got cancelled like two days before Christmas Eve. Um, all of our kids' presents were in Liverpool, so we had to rebuy everything. Oh, it was just a whole scenario. But then once you got to it, like Christmas was relaxing. It was nice, just board games with the kids. And I think when you've when you've got kids, as you know yourself, everything you do and you're trying to just make it make it normal for them. You don't want them to get wrapped up in all this crap that's going on out in the world. Um, so it was nice just to be able to play board games and chill out with them and and not do all that much, which was quite nice. Um, but as you said, it was kind of intermingled with watching some of the worst Liverpool football I've seen since 2003. Um, it, was just, it was just hard to watch. Now, obviously, the question I want to ask you before I go on and say it, what I thought of the games and different things like that. Obviously, in our last podcast, you said that Liverpool probably need nine points out of that 12 to be able to really dominate and go on and win the league this season. Do you still think we have a chance of winning the league? Or do you think it's it's kind of out the window now and we shouldn't be thinking about it and maybe focusing more on FA Cup or, or something like that? Of course, we've got a chance of winning the league. I mean, <laughs> look, forget to take last year out the equation the year before. We'd bite someone's arm off to be second, three points behind Man United, or a chance yeah. to win the league and about to play them. Of course, I think the biggest thing I can say, and it, it, it's kind of stating the obvious here, um, but that, it just makes that Man United game go from huge to like humongous. It's like, I think if we lay, lay a marker down against United on Sunday, um, and it just adds more kind of feel for fire that we've got them in the FA Cup a week later. I think if we beat, lay a marker down United on Sunday, then you know, it'll kill their morale and it'll prove that we're the, we're the greatest team, which we are. <clears throat> but injuries have played a part. And I don't want to sound like what a typical Liverpool fan making excuses, but injuries have played a part. But in, in a simple layman term answer to your question, yes, of course we're in the title race. Um, am I as confident as I was before Christmas? No. Um, am I as confident as I normally am? No. Should I have I right to be? No. Because at the end of the day, in the strange season that we found ourselves in, it only takes a team like us or City or someone else have that bad run of form and boom, some teams come out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's why you can't write the, the likes of United off the Spurs. Um, even if this is an outside shop, but like you have written to New South Wales, you just, you just can't write them off because of look what Liverpool have done over there. It's probably our worst run of games in three years. Mm. So, 
yeah, we should have four points isn't good enough. You know, even if you got another win in there somewhere, it wouldn't have been as bad. But um, what do you think? I just think that we didn't. It's it's. Uh, do you know what? It's kind of a double edged sword because you watch those games and it just reminds me of Liverpool of four years ago, like pre Klopp Liverpool of sort of we had a game plan in place. Firstly, like as you said, we started off with the Crystal Palace game, which was great. For me, so I, I would always have a, if it's not broke, don't fix it type of attitude. And with Minamino playing so well, why he then didn't carry on playing, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Like why we started playing Firmino again and playing our normal front three, which, which is great. And I love that front three. But they came out all on a goal drought. Couldn't hit a barn door, a banjo. And then Klopp just kept playing them and kept putting them in. And you were sort of thinking, oh, it really needs to be mixed up a little bit. So it was it was hard to watch because there was literally no plan B. It was just, we're going to play the way that we're playing. And if we don't win, we don't win. But I'd rather play the way that I'm playing than change it to get points. And I, I don't necessarily like that. I think you've got to have adaptability as a top team. You've got to be able to have a plan B and a plan C and a way of grinding out results and getting points when you need to. But at the same time, I keep thinking back and thinking to myself, do you know, at the start of the season, if somebody would have said to us at the start of the season, do you know what? We Liverpool is getting top four, but Allison's going to be injured for a period of time. Trent's going to be injured for a period of time. Gomez is going to be out for the season. Van Dijk's going to be out for the season. Thiago's going to be out for the season. Jota's going to be out for a while. Shaqiri's going to be out for a while. All of those players are gone, but we'll give you top four. Would you take it? We'd bite that arm off for it. And you'd say, yeah, right, if you've got that many players injured, yes, I would take the top four. And to think that we're playing this season like that, with the likes of Reese Williams playing almost double-digit games uh, and different boys like that having to come in and play a role that never would have been playing in a normal season, to think that we are still where we are within three points of top, that if we beat Man United at the weekend, we go top of the league again. To think that we can do that with the players that we've got with the season that we're having. Yes, you don't want to make an excuse about injuries, but if anybody, any team had the injuries that we've had and still be in the position that they that we're in, they'd be they'd be shouting it from the rooftops like so so you can't fully blame the Liverpool lads, but at the same time, like there should have been there's some of those games, as you said, like the likes of the likes of West Brom and, and let me just say just in mentioning, if you're a team that's in the bottom of the league, most teams in the bottom of the league are thinking to themselves, right, January, I need to bring in a player. January, we need to bring in someone that can change our season. You need to be forking out as much money to get Sam Allardyce in for six months on a contract because that boy just seems to keep teams up. And he's so consistent to doing it. And, and he came in, he's, he signed the contract, and... He was unbeatable. Like it was really hard to break his team down. Um, you'd always feel like Liverpool should have done more, and especially in the Newcastle game, we should have done more. But it's uh, you just really hope that it improves before this game at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of your points there. And I mean, I think what I want to kind of focus on. I'm just looking at the, the games there, and, and I never really realised this until I looked at them in a bit of prep for the pod. We only conceded two goals. You know, take mm. the Villa game out of it. I'm not really talking about the Villa game because it, it doesn't really count. But we conceded two goals in four games. You know what I mean? And we scored nine. It's the only problem was we scored seven in one game and we, we only scored one in another game. Yeah. There's two games we did. You know, Newcastle and Southampton, we didn't score it. 
And so, and it's it's mad because you, you mentioned the players out like the likes of um, Arnold's coming back for injury, Van Dyke's out, Gomez is out. We've had to play the likes of Reese Williams and and uh, Nathaniel Phillips and stuff. Um, but as you mentioned quite rightly, the front three aren't performing. I think that's why he played them in again. The he played Manny and Salah against Aston Villa's kids mm. because he wanted to give them like a chance to score and maybe get some confidence. Yeah. Um, I think. <sighs> Dare I say this, and this is this is sound really harsh, but as a Liverpool fan, I always say one of the front three turn up, and they tend to turn up. Mm. But see when all three of them don't, I don't know what Liverpool's plan B is because it was it was Jota, but he's injured. Yeah, and Jota was just he had a wee purple patch there, and I hope we can come back and do that. But it was just unplayable for about. 10 games today, he was scoring for fun, wasn't he? Yeah. But like the old question goes now that Jota's in it's the old, old, same old question about Liverpool after the front three. Who do you bring in? When you play in Aston Villa's under 12 team and Divock Origi isn't getting started, that is telling you something. Yeah. When you play in Aston Villa's under 12 team and you only bring in Shakiri off the bench, that is telling you something. It's telling me that Klopp doesn't fancy them. And yes. I think you look at what Origi's done for the club and I'm a big fan of his we, we know this and you think of Shaqiri has a little the Barcelona game comes to mind another United game comes to mind it tells me the clock just doesn't fancy them mm. and um, yeah it just it's so frustrating I mean do you think we need to sign someone this January and if you know we do where would you strengthen it's interesting I was going to ask you the same question I was, I was always getting ready to ask you about Um it's so hard because instinctively you always want to say, yes, we need to sign someone, we need to bring someone in. Like, But as you said, which is the right way of looking at it, and it's probably the way the club's going to be looking at it, is that Liverpool have gone without scoring for two games. Like, Let's not get out of hand here and pretend that we're on this massive dry spell and Liverpool's front three just aren't turning up and they're not playing. We had two games where we weren't able to score. One of them was very, very noticeable. That Newcastle game, like we could have on another day watching the way Liverpool play and seeing what they're like, we could have been six or seven goals up at one point. And uh, with the amount of chances that, that Mane missed, the amount of times Robertson whipped the ball in and Firmino just didn't quite get his touch right and different things like that. On another day, we'd have absolutely slaughtered them, but just because it was so noticeable because of the chances that we had, the amount of possession that we had, there was one spell in the game where they said, um, for a five-minute period or ten-minute period of the game, we had like ninety-eight percent possession. So we just constantly had the ball, but just every time we got into the final third, we just looked like we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and I think that's why there's been such a big deal made of it is that we've lost points at critical moments, and it's allowed the likes of Man United to come back in. It's allowed Man City to creep back up the table a little bit, even Everton to come back into it and different things like that. Um, and as you said, in a season the way that it is, with it being so weird, with anything being able to happen this season, it, it's far more noticeable than in other seasons where at this point we may have been 12 points ahead at this point and, and dropping a couple of points wouldn't have been a big issue. Um, I wouldn't sign anyone in January. That would be my initial reaction would be that I wouldn't sign anyone in January because you've got to think of the squad as a whole and you've got to think to yourself that all of those players that are maybe on the bench we're gonna be, they're gonna be coming back. So if we go and sign someone, what what's the point? Because they're eventually just gonna become a, a nothing player and end up going back out again. 
for me, I would either bring someone in on loan if there's a loan option. There's enough players sitting out there on, on the bench for different clubs that we could potentially bring in a six-month loan option uh, in from Spain and different places like that. Um, or I would just have trust in what we've got. As you said, before we had those two dry spells, we, we won a game by seven goals. Um, as you said, the Aston Villa one, we scored four, but that doesn't really count. Um, but I would see what we do on Sunday against United before there's any rash decisions made. But I, I might be wrong. I, I don't know. What do you think? I just think one of the biggest things that eats at me is, I, I've mentioned it before, and I'm not just mentioning it because of your hate for him, but Dejan Lovren, <laughs> 31 years of age, played in the World Cup final, been there, done it, seen it. Okay, he had the odd mistake in him, but every player does. Hmm. Um, well, Van Dyke doesn't, but yeah. Um, and I think if he was happy enough to sit in the bench for the last two seasons, why couldn't we get him for another season? You know, and I understand this whole, um, you know, he's at the age of his career and stuff, but like get a replacement in. Hmm. You know, Nat Phillips has played three or four games um, through choice, but we were going to sell him too. So, like, what, 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 what was Klopp thinking? Was he just hoping that like, people wouldn't get in? I don't know. I mean, We've been struck bad for injuries, so you can't really have a good clock. But Matty's always been injury prone too. Mm. So I think we should, I honestly think, kind of sell Lovren's kind of because he was the perfect kind of fourth choice defender, wasn't he? For me, anyway. I know he's not your, he was never your favourite. As a fourth choice defender goes, for me, he's perfect. Yeah, and no, then, I, agree. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I think it, knowing if we'd have known the season was going the way that it was going in terms of the injuries and stuff like that, like I don't think anyone in the right mind would have sold Lovren with the experience that he's got. Um, so yeah, I think I've seen that at some point that somebody had, had wrote online um, saying that all of this has, has happened since Lovren left and uh, Lovren was basically the key to the team and all. Um, and, and you can't help but, but agree to a certain extent is that he, he was a good, like there's no denying he was a good character in the squad and he would have been a massive help him and uh, Fabinho at the back would have been would have been good and I think for Lovren's mistakes Fabinho would have would have helped him out a lot more um, and I think he would have been okay back there but uh, that's the well the reason I say it is because I love Curtis Jones we both love Curtis Jones but I think tactically sometimes in a couple of these games Klopp hasn't played like, Curtis Jones doesn't, doesn't, doesn't and it's hard, it's hard to criticise lad but mm. Curtis Jones isn't playing for Liverpool and getting him out of game time if he doesn't deserve it he's not good enough but mm. I think tactically sometimes he does get caught out a little bit now if you think that we had Lovren and this is going really deep and I don't mean to kind of bore people but the way I'm thinking it in my head is if we had Lovren Lovren would be playing against, you know, playing in there with potentially Matip um, or even Rhys Williams because mm. he's experienced enough to, to guide him you'd have to be in midfield and you could be bringing Curtis Jones off the bench to try and make an impact rather than having to do everything Mm. Um, and another one I think I mentioned and I think it come to home so much against Southampton I look at the quality on the bench and stuff okay Jota's up but I look at Danny Ings and I just think he was so unlucky at Liverpool through injuries I don't think there was a Liverpool fan out there that didn't want Danny Ings to do well for Liverpool yeah because you can see the quality and the last maybe year and a bit you've just seen the quality he's got and it's just a shame because you think wow that goal he scored against Liverpool that was just see if that was messy the world would be losing the plot yeah, because it's Danny Ings. Ah, oh, great finish, you know. But that's just—I think we. I don't think without Jota being injured and Shakiri, I'm still. I think the, the, you know, the my verdict's still not set on Shakiri again. He hasn't had the game time. It's a, it's kind of a similar kiter. But Danny Ings come off the bench. I imagine it informed Danny Ings, Danny Ings come off the bench. Mm. You wouldn't be sitting there thinking, "Oh, why are they coming off?" But when you see Divock Origi, like Klopp doesn't even bring him off the bench half the time. Yeah. 
And that, what does that tell you? You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. Just, but yeah, there you go. No. I don't know what more to say, except for if we had a Lovren and Ings in that squad now, I think we would be top of the league, if it yeah. making any kind of sense. Do you think Shakiri is like a carbon copy of Danny Ings in terms of the injuries that he's had, the, the fact that he hasn't had as much playing time because of those injuries, coming back and calf troubles and all the rest of it? Do you think you're looking at like a carbon copy of him and he could be that Danny Ings if he just got the run of games that he needed? Well, another one is Oxlade-Chamberlain, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain for about seven, eight months last year was un- unplayable. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just injuries, isn't it? And with all what's going on, the, 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 the schedules and no pre-season and they're, they're still going on playing for the countries. and It's just, it's relentless, you know? Mm. I remember I was listening to a podcast myself over Christmas about a couple of the Leicester Man City players breaking the lockdown rules. And they were getting slaughtered, and rightfully so. Someone said, you have to realise, they're just humans. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And just because Mo Salah and Alisson are getting 150 grand a week, it doesn't mean he can't get injured. doesn't mean he can't have a bad day. doesn't mean they can't get sick and not feeling well. I think it took Salah about three games after coronavirus to come back. And what does that tell you? Um, I think you could sit here, and I suppose it's our jobs to a degree, and analyse this season and Liverpool as a team for hours and hours and hours. And you, you wouldn't get no c- conclusive conclusion as such because this season is just an absolute it's a fireball it can go anywhere yeah <laughs> and um, all I can say is coming up to United um, on Sunday it's going to be abs- this is the biggest Liverpool United game in a decade yeah yeah you know? totally agree it's going to be a big one and one of the things you can say for all the inconsistencies that Liverpool have had over the Christmas period one of the things that has always been consistent all the way from when I started supporting Liverpool in the early 90s to now, is the fact that one thing that is always consistent is that Liverpool turn up in big games. And hopefully that's what we're going to see on Sunday. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break um, and then we're going to come back with our two guests who are coming on, who are both Man United fans, and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion of the Liverpool v Man United game on Sunday. So thank you very much for listening to... Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Alright boys, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well there you go, the big, big, huge game is obviously Manchester United coming Sunday. Um, but what we do, we will we'll do for a couple of minutes is just mention the Burnley game, because um, we are playing that next Thursday. Um, Danny, Burnley are just typical team, aren't they? We've had some bad results against them in, in recent times. Um, but like we mentioned against West Brom, against Newcastle and against Southampton, Burnley are the teams that we should if we want to win this league they're the teams that are bread and butter and we should be winning um, how do you see that one going? Uh, do you know what any other time I'd have said to you we'll do alright we'll get through it Burnley are fighting relegation at the minute they're in that sort of bottom five and they're sort of in the round but Burnley are another one of these teams just like the likes of Newcastle just like the likes of West Brom and other ones like that they keep it tight. You you look at their last run of games that they've had. If they've got beat, it's only been 1-0. It's only been 2-1. It's all been really, really tight. They're compact. They've got a great keeper in Nick Pope. Um, so I think on the current way that Liverpool are playing, I think unless we have a plan B and unless there is something else done that has been a little bit different to the past few weeks, I think it's... I'm honestly going to say that I think it's a game we're going to struggle in. I think unless we can get that goal early, I think we will struggle to 
to to put one in the back of the net, just like in the the previous few games. Um, I'd like to think that we're going to win it. I know that we're going to have a lot of possession, and I don't think that if we can see the goal, I think it's going to be a fluke because yes, we haven't got our main back four, but I think that's relevant, and I think we are still keeping it tight. Um, so I think if we can see that's going to be a fluke, but I think we are going to struggle to put it in the back of the net. I, I I'm gonna do you know what I'm gonna go nil nil. I'm go, that's what I'm going to go for. And I know really? that sounds boring. And I know that sounds rubbish. And I hope it's not nil nil because I hate watching nil nil games. But just on the way that Liverpool are playing at the minute, I just can't. I can't unless we get a goal, I can't see us winning it. Like, well, do you know what? I'm going to push the boat out and kind of try and be a bit more, a bit more of a optimist attitude. I'm going to go for one nil to Liverpool. But see, the thing is, no matter what happens against Manchester United, say we we beat Man United and we go to Burnley, we don't get a result. It just almost seems pointless. So it's almost more important that no matter what happens against Manchester United, that we get a result against Burnley. But I remember last time around, Nick Pope had the game of his life. Do you remember? Yeah. We we, give, we were singing us praise, giving a man in the match. Um, but there you go. Burnley, as much as um, it's a big game at the time, I have to say now, this game coming up on Sunday is, in, just said it off, off air, me and Danny agreed, it's the biggest game, probably the biggest Liverpool versus Manchester United game of the decade in our opinions. I think it just adds fuel to the fire that United have just gone above us. Um, last year, we had Paul on, on the podcast and we discuss, we had him on and just to show that we're, although we're, we're biased Liverpool fans, we, we certainly, certainly have um, a mutual respect for our, 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 our neighbour um, across the M62. But because of that reason, um, we've got Johnny Fahey and John Belshaw on our podcast tonight. Huge, huge Manchester United fans. Um, they were eager to get on, fight their corner for Manchester United. So for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes, we're going to discuss um, the Liverpool United game. And obviously, what we're going to do at the end of the week, we're going to do our joint 11s. So first of all, I'll bring you into it. John, how's it going, buddy? How are you? It's not too bad. How, um, how was your Christmas and New Year? Was it good? That wasn't too bad, eh? It was quiet. Very quiet, unfortunately. Can't get out anywhere. Can't get out anywhere. Can't do I think everyone said the same, and you kind of buzzing at least his football to keep everyone kind of occupied. Yeah, I'm glad it's staying on because, like, if if they really talk about taking it off, I don't know what anybody's going to do. You know, mm, well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's been talk there um, about the football potentially being null and voided again. Um, and last season, the pro fans wouldn't have had it, and I don't think it's fair on anyone to, to kind of do it this season. But thank God we've got football. And would you agree with that statement that Liverpool United? Um, this game is probably the biggest of, of a decade. I think this one here is going to be a huge one. Um, I mean, e- even if we lose, obviously we're still top. I actually think the next one is going to be bigger. Not the FA Cup, the next one at home, the ne- you know, at Old Trafford, I think it's going to be bigger. Just because we're that, those three points ahead, I think, you know, even if we lose, it's still sort of a dead rubber. You know, it, it's more than next one. You know, where are Liverpool going to be? Where are United going to be? Are we still going to be battling? You know, have we got that, you know, extra special Ole push to get us through there? You know, <laughs> you just, yeah. you know, but well, it's going to be Yeah, I think, I think we all game. agree. It's definitely, definitely, definitely a huge game, which brings me into Johnny. How are you, buddy? I'm not too bad. Just a bit, in fairness, I'm a bit bored and fed up because I'm furlough like, so I'm not used to this business. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All, all the all the um, added tension can be put out into defending United tonight. Oh yes, definitely. Of course, it's a, for me. It's a vital game, like so. It is. Um, I think it's just because 
United, people were calling them, oh, they're only just a mid, mid-table team. Oh, they're useless. They're rubbish. Look, the poor form they've been in. Oh, but now, look, they've got, one, they've got the best away record in the Premier League this season. So that's right. So. Johnny's come prepared for his facts there. Oh, yeah. But uh, I've, what I've got, boys, I've got a couple of questions to ask you. Um, what I'll do, I'll start with you, John, then I'll go to you, Johnny, back and forth. When I've asked these questions, then we'll get Danny in and we'll have a bit of a debate. And then we'll have to go through our, our you know, one to 11s, which we've all pre discussed. Um, I know we don't normally pre discuss a lot of things in this podcast, but we've all pre discussed it. And I can tell you now, I can see by the look on everyone's faces, um, everyone's team is, is very different, which is quite interesting to say the least. But I'll start off with you, John. Um, if you had to pick one goal in a Liverpool United match that stands out for you um, over all the years, what goal would it be and why? Right. Uh, I'm going to go very, very simple. It was 1999. It was the start of that fantastic season. And it was the man that's taking us to Linfield, or the man that's taking us to Liverpool on Sunday. It's got to be Solskjaer's goal. Has to be. That was, you know, 1 0 down. One, got back to one each, but didn't win it. You know, we're, we're maybe looking at a replay, you know, tired legs. That might have been the, the goal that just saved that treble winning season for us. It was just, well, it wasn't necessarily a very particularly nice goal, but the importance of that goal, you know, putting it in 90th minute and against the old enemy was just fantastic. Classic Solskjaer <laughs> goal, wasn't it? Yeah, he was oh, off the I, bench as well, wasn't he? He came off the bench. Yep, yep. typical yeah, yeah. poacher's goal. Super yeah. There you go. Well, typical of the United man to bring that in. What about you, Johnny? What would, what would be your goal that you, you know, all, all the goals over the years you'd remember? Well, I'm going to go for something that happened in uh, 2010. Like, typically, everybody would have said that obviously a treble winning year. But in uh, 2010, was actually against Liverpool, funny enough. Uh, we're talking about, and it was Dimper, Dimper, kind of Berbatov's goal. If any can remember, it's, uh, well, maybe you are a bit younger now, I like, but. Then uh, it was the Perpetual scored a hat trick and it was his second goal. So the ball was played into him. He controlled it and did a cracking overhead kick into the top. We went, we went, I remember, up. unfortunately. We, we went 2 0 up in that game. And that game was, we were like, here, that's us. We've got this game in the bag. Next thing you know, it was putting 2 2. I was like, oh crap, no way. And then Perpetual stepped up again, scored the third goal. But the second goal was, for me, it's one of the best ever scored against Liverpool from United he was a fantastic player in this day wasn't he and Danny I can't leave you out what about you buddy in terms of favourite Liverpool moments so the, the, the best goal you've seen in a Liverpool United match I, I think you can't I, for, as a Liverpool fan you can't look too far past the Torres goal at United the dropping Vidic on his backside and running past them before slotting it in nicely and I think there's been a few great goals and you could pick so many but for me, for me, that's the one that always springs to mind when I think of Liverpool United. Fair enough, and I'll come straight back to you, Danny. Uh, what's your best memory of a Liverpool United match, and why? Oh, <clears throat> do you know what? Like, it's so hard to even say because there's so many different memories for so many different reasons. Whether it be the whole controversial moments, whether it be like just big games where we turned up, whether it be us beating. United at Old Trafford and De Senna scoring a goal of all people to be able to put us in there. Um, whether it's oh, no. a local Liverpool lad, and I know as a, as a neutral you sit there and go, ah, oh, like like you don't want to see stuff like that. But that whole 
Gerard coming off the bench at Anfield and getting a red card two minutes later because he just goes flying through because he's in such a bad mood with the United players. Stuff like that. As a as a local Liverpool lad, you go, what a legend. <laughs> like, <laughs> different moments like that. So there's a, there's a lot of great moments I'm going to go for. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go, obviously, for the beating United at Old Trafford 4-1. Uh, I think to, to do it at Old Trafford. It's Sorry, 4-1. Anfield, yeah. You love Anfield, but to do it at Old Trafford... Uh, and do it so confidently and by such a big margin. I think that's probably probably the best moment in recent history for us. Was a great moment, fair enough. Uh, Johnny, what about you, buddy? For me, I'm going to go all the way back. These boys would have been probably still in primary school and going way back here. Um, I'm going back to 1996. So it, is, um, it was a cup final against Liverpool. It was probably the most boring game in the world. But like you had Roy Keane, who was defending, not stopping every Liverpool attack there was. Nobody's getting past him. The most boring game ever. But what stands out was a young man called Eric Cantona, just back from uh, being suspended for a Kung Fu kick. Never heard um, of him. <laughs> the King. Um, there's some a goalkeeper that a wee punch out towards uh, the box when he's coming in. Landed at, 18, at the 18-yard box, just outside it. Eric Cantona follows the ball, splits straight through. All you see is all the Liverpool players, four or and going, looking at the ball as it goes in the back of the net. And that was, for me, one of the best moments. Because I was at my mate's house, and he was a fanatical Liverpool fan, going, oh, we're going to kick your butts and all that sort of stuff. And it was great. I was only about 14, I think, at that time. <laughs> but actually, I even think, younger. I would have been 13, sorry. I think yeah. me and you shared a United match last year, Johnny, together before lockdown and stuff. And I think it was, was it not nil-nil? It was one of the most boring games. It was a bit, a bit this, was it that? And then this one, it's just that one goal to win that cup final. Yeah. And then John will remember that, I'd say. Sorry. I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad I can't remember, but there you go. And <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John? If you had to think one memory of the Play United match um, that, you, that stands out, what would it be? I actually thought Johnny was going to sting me in there for a second when he mentioned it. Um, but I'm actually going back to the actual return of the King to Eric Cantona coming back, first game back after the Kung Fu kick against Liverpool and the penalty the penalty just that, that sealed it, that was just fantastic, I was P7 going into first year that was one, almost one of my first memories of a United Liverpool derby, a proper memory that you can actually remember and watching him come back, um, just the sheer adoration he had from everybody around the ground, and then to stick that goal in, 2-1 to United, well, that just cemented it for me. That was me for life. That was just <laughs> fantastic. It's uh, it's funny. Um, obviously, it's a podcast and people listen to us, but um, it's funny because like, the facial expressions are like do for three people when people are mentioning stuff is just hilarious but there you go um, and one last question and then I'll kind of mention my three um, what's your worst memory so what I'll do I'll start with you John um, what's your worst memory of a Liverpool United match uh, my worst memory is unfortunately Alan Smith I remember that yes at the leg break the, yeah that was just horrendous you know but it epitomised United at the time you know throw the bodies in the way defend you know, obviously, look, we lost the game. We lost it 1-0. But everybody defended to the last. Um, like I say, it was a horrible, horrible, you know. There ain't many United men. And I know we broke his leg, so we'll never condone <laughs> Many United no. men to get a, 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 like, 
a standing ovation when they leave the pitch. Yeah. Alan Smith got clapped off the pitch at Anfield. That's something that does not happen, really. Yeah. Um, and it was he, he was out the game then for about six or seven months, wasn't he, if I remember correctly? He never really got back into it, unfortunately. That that yeah. sort of ended it for him. You know, it was it was a fluke, you know, injury. But mm. it's something that stayed with me. Just the, the power that Honorisa got on that was just something shocking. Yeah, I do I do remember it was, it was early early on in the game, wasn't it, as well? It was a f- uh, free kick. No, yeah. it was it was uh, I yes it was I uh, it was a free kick and he just absolutely milked it. and yeah. you know that was it. Well, yeah, I suppose that was a bad moment. What about you, Johnny? What, what's your worst memory of a Liverpool United game? Well, I was sniggering and laughing there when Danny was talking about his best memory. Was the, the my worst memory was that? <laughs> uh, that's when uh, flipping the four-one defeat in two thousand nine. Like it just United were just over. They were just terrible. To be fair, to be honest, they were outplayed in every way. But what sickened me the most was flipping. Gerard running up to the camera and kissing like that's kissing a, the camera on the penalty. Oh, you're like you're, I'm like just wanted to punch him, you know. <laughs> like that's game started out. We've gone at the game. If you remember that game, that started out a brilliant game. We went one 0 up through uh, a penalty scored by I think it was Ronaldo at the time. And I will tell you, I was I was thinking, I was thinking myself, yeah, actually it's gonna be good, we have a good chance we're gonna win. At that stage there wasn't too much between the teams in Liverpool United and the standards now. So that is it. That's my worst memory. Yeah. Um, what about you, Danny? Um, what's your worst memory of the Liverpool United match? Oh, again, just like before, there's a few. Can I just say, first of all, John, that your one was a bit of a backhanded one. Do you know when someone like Alan Smith and then talked about how you've defended so well through the bodies in the way. It's like when you go in for the job interview and they say, what's your biggest weakness? And it's like, oh, I just find that I work too hard sometimes. <laughs> that was what that was. That was what that reaction was. <laughs> um, in terms of worst moments, I think I've got to go back to 2006. And when you say 2006, people will think, well, what moment was that? But then everyone remembers the moment, United fans and Liverpool fans. Rio Ferdinand scores at Edda to win the game. Gary Neville runs over to the Liverpool fans with the badge in hand, kissing the badge, going mad, kept himself back, <laughs> defending defending in case we broke on the corner. But Rio Ferdinand puts the head on it, scores a goal, and Gary Neville comes over and riles the Liverpool fans. And every time, and I can imagine when that game's on and the previews are coming up on Sunday, that moment's going to be shown because it continually does, because it was such a controversial moment, and Gary Neville got fined for it. And do you know what? Even as a Liverpool fan, you sit there and think to yourself, he ran over to the opposition fans, he kissed the badge. We hated it. But do you know what? I don't blame him at all. You kind of don't blame him for it, and I'm sure he got the fine and thought, do you know what? It was worth it. <laughs> if that was Carragher or Old Trafford, you know what I mean? You wouldn't. Exactly. I've grew to respect Gary Neville and, and, and his punditry a, a little bit. So yeah, um, I'll quickly fire through my three before we kind of discuss the game. The best goal for me, and uh, it probably wasn't the prettiest on the iron. It was a deflector goal, but it was a League Cup final. Um, I think it was two. I think it was two thousand seven or eight. Gerrard scored, um, and it come off Beckham winning. We won the game two 0 Michael Owen scored, and I always remember Ego Biscan running off the bench to, to hug Michael Owen. It was that was it for me. It was a, a great goal that game. Uh, that game was a great game, and that goal from Gerrard was like. For me, he was he, he was just becoming Mr. Liverpool at that time, so it was great to see him score screamer, deflected nonetheless. And the best memory I've got is it has to be Gerard kissing the badge. Um 
what can you say? When Gerald kissed the bags, I mean, I know you and United men are looking at me and I like, but he, I think he scored two penalties and he missed one, didn't he? But just to go from like kiss the bags was just like, it was a kiss the camera, sorry. Kiss the bags and kiss the camera at Old Trafford. It was just like, you know, there's not many people in life that will get away with that Old Trafford and to have the ability and the, the Gerald was just amazing. And that, that memory for me was just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, so I'm going to shut up. But, um, <laughs> The worst memory for me. Um, uh, there's been so many over the years, but I always remember when I first started getting football. Uh, it was the game when uh, Diego Forlan was running down the, the wing and he had no top on. And I think United beat us. Um, funny, someone told me that Forlan scored in that game. Maybe Rooney did as well. Um, but yeah, Forlan was running down the edge of the pitch trying to make a tackle with no top on. And I was just thinking, how is he getting away with it? And I, at that stage in my life, I was only maybe a teenager. I was convinced that like referees just let United do what they want because he was running down the pitch with no no, no top on, trying to tackle a player, and like it was allowed. It's like why is that allowed for Diego Forlan? It wouldn't be allowed for like Gerard, you know what I mean? But yeah, there you go. That's probably the, the worst memory because we got beaten that game. But um, yeah, right, boys. So what I'm going to do now is obviously I'll ask you score predictions. We're going to go through the grace your um, eleven. Of the current Premier League sides, which we'll come into, but I'll, I'll come to you first of all, Johnny. Where do you see the game being won and lost um, on Sunday, um, either side? Um, and if anyone want, anyone wants to kind of dip in, feel free. Um, so, where do you think the key battles? So, if you have to name a couple of key battles on Sunday, where would they be for you, Johnny? Um, I think what the United's battle will be. They have the, the, so much pace up at the top there. You know, you've got Rashford is good and like. Like his his ability is unbelievable. He's officially the most valuable player, um, at uh, valued at one hundred fifty nine million now apparently. Um, but him against the weekend, the same price as most Salah's left foot, then yeah. We <laughs> 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 remember that when he's young, so he is. Uh, but uh, that there, I think it's going to be a key battle going through because he'll come in from the left hand side, and I think he might turn as a new one, to be honest. Like, so with his pace. You know, his abilities and skills and his his goals are are always good. Like, or else then again for Liverpool, it could be again you have the pace of like you have like Sonala, good Salah's very good technically scores always. It's just it's it's hard for me to say what's going to happen. I don't really know. It's either going to be one or two things. It's going to be goals galore, left hand centre. It's going to be a stalemate. So it is it might counter each other. Um, no, no, no. United's abilities is counter attack. You know, so they defend for a while and going to counter attack, and they're they're unbelievable to watch going to counter attack. So they are, but Liverpool's a bit similar. You know, their counter attack's pretty good as well. So it's trying to get that balance in the midfield. You know, we need like so Fernandez and Pogba to step up. You know, the past couple of matches, Pogba's been phenomenal. You Ever know. since today, agent opened his mouth. He's been great, hasn't he? Pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. He's doing well, isn't he? You know, it's because like, he's starting to see that he's got quality around him. You know, good players, fantastic players. Um, like well, so like Scott McTominay and stuff, yeah? Well, Scott McTominay is. Sure, Scott McTominay is a cracking player. But you've also got Fred there as well. Them two have been really solid in the midfield. So you have, mm. nobody can deny that. You know, they've been very solid. Why has Ollie picked them for most of their matches and now we're sitting top of the league? You know, there's no reason behind that. He came in... <laughs> I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking the hand and I'm realising that we're second and he's a top, so I need to be careful what I'm doing. Yeah. We probably came on there the other and scored a, a crack in two goals. 
literally. He did, he did, yeah. And he was made so, captain there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's it. He's a grafter. He's a grafter. He's a hard worker. Same in, like, in defensive, like we've got Bailey or Bally, whatever he finds his name. He's brilliant. He's got pace. He's strength. He tackles hard. He can pass the ball well. Um, so I think and he's been an inspiration of defender the past week when McGuire's been a bit iffy. He can come in and cover in behind him, you know, and, and win the balls back for them. So I think it's going to be all counter-attack from uh, United. It's going to maybe do it. Interesting. So you think Pace will kind of win the game or lose yeah, the game? Yeah, Pace Greenwood starts. Right? Greenwood's one of the fastest players in the Premier League as well. So you have the, the, the Rashford and then you have the movement of the mid of uh, going through the middle there. It's good from Fernandez, Pogba coming through the middle. is pretty good. Like. Or and if Cavani starts, Cavani's moving, so another good, good thing as well. And John, what about you, buddy? Where do you see the, the, the key battles in the game and where do you see it being won or lost? I think it's either going to be won or lost down the left-hand side. Uh, we need to stop a flying Scotsman. Uh, for Liverpool he he is going to be the danger he's going to be the boy that's going to be overlapping it's going to be making those runs it's going to be putting the pressure on you know all down that side and it's got his balls into the box is are going to you know they're going to really really prove difficult for United United you know centre-backs go Maguire like Johnny said is a wee bit dodgy a wee bit iffy you know he can't clear him he can't you know and then it's going to be the movement through money coming into the middle of the park Firmino, maybe if he's coming off, you know, coming off the wing, it's going to be there. It's going John, to be can I ask you a question? I'm sorry to put in there, but do you not fancy one Basaka against Robbo? No. Well, on a as a one one v one, I think yeah, one Basaka. I think one might have him. Basaka's got lots of pace, hasn't he? The difficulty is going to be, as we all know, he doesn't play as he doesn't play as a sole player. He's going to be the link up. You know, he's going to be flying forward. You know, Robinson's going to be you know putting the balls in. It's going to be one twos. Henderson might come in. You know, as a late runner, you've got Mane coming there. It's all going to be down that left hand side into that midfield. We've plenty of boys going forward. Pogba, Fernandez, Rashford, Martial. Who's going to sit there? You know, is he going to maybe bring the likes of Modric back out of the cold and say, right, you sit in the middle of the parker. You're the boy that's going to be breaking it up. Protect my back three. Protect my back four. You know, because he's plenty of pace. Do you need Matic he... when you've got the, the super McTominay and the super Fred? I think McTominay's, McTominay's probably a yellow or a red card away. You know, he's he's, he's a great player, but he could okay. fly in. He could fly in and then you're down to, down to 10 men, you know, playing at Anfield. Now, all right, the crowd's not going to be there, which is going to be a massive, massive plus. Hmm. You know, it's going to be, that's going to be a massive plus not having that crowd there for United. I think that's helped United over the you know over this season not having the crowd there because some of their games have been very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with not having the crowd, not getting the crowd on your back, I think it's helped a few of them come out of their shells a wee bit more. Didn't help them against Spurs though, did it? When they got beat six one, but anyway. Um, no, we're, we're all we're all allowed an off day. What about your <laughs> off day? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, John, as well. Um, just just because these two are going to laugh when I say this, but what position do you play? Because I know Johnny and Danny are the, the defenders' union there. Tell me that you're a forward, mate, please. 
Me? Absolutely yeah. not. No, I was. Uh, uh, what do you call? It? I, I am what they what they politely call a utility player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now I'm now currently playing in nets. I can't get any further back off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you started off as a, as a striker up front, a wonder kid, and you've had to just go back with age. <laughs> No, I always started in midfield, right in midfield. I always had the pace, not necessarily the skill, but I always had the pace to get up and down. Um, and now I don't have the pace at all. I'm 36, <laughs> I'm old and I'm fat. I must say, in your defence, your de- debut season goalkeeper so far, you've done pretty well. I think it's three you goals. You've played together boys. Yes, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, how, how has your defence um, been with Johnny in the fence, John? Solid. Play, um, we've had what have we had, Johnny? Three or four wins, or? Uh, we've had three wins, a loss, two losses in the cup. Yeah. So, uh, you know, oh, we'll give your team a shout out before we go to Danny. There, give give your team a shout out. Brim Hayes McGabry. Let's see. The best. <laughs> the fuse hasn't the fuse hasn't been fire freeze right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I, I know you said it's very hard to get enthusiastic because we haven't been playing because of the whole situation of the COVID. Yeah. So it's hard, but it's like it's my debut season for Broomhedge, as you know. Last year I played for Downshire, and then before debut Yamo, and that we that we team we tried to start to keep going. Yeah, so, you know. Oh, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Right. Well, obviously, when the football's back, we wish us all the best in the season. If mm. hopefully it doesn't get null avoided, um, but what we will do now is come to Danny. So Danny, my old camera, my old pal, um, <laughs> how do you see it going on Sunday, buddy? Do you know what? I'll, I'll say what I've got to say before I go into the question that I want to ask, but I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it is going to be an interesting game. I think John was right in what he said. Um, I think Robbo is going to be key to this. I Wambasaka, like I rate Wambasaka. I think he's a good player. He's a good after. He's fast. But as you said, one of the problems that you face down that left-hand side is that Wambasaka is going to be massively concentrating on Marnie. And, and that gives Robbo that chance. If you play three in midfield, that gives Robbo that chance to be able to just sneak in unnoticed, whip in those balls that he needs to put in. And I think wan is going to struggle. And I think Liverpool know that. And I think they're going to target down that side. Robbo is bang on form at the minute. Uh, and I think Mane is going to be distracting him. He's going to be moving all over the place and giving Robbo that space to whip in the ball um, for boys to get on the end of it. And the same instance... I think Trent is coming back from injury. His last two games have been really poor. Uh, and I think if Rashford can get a hold of the ball, I think it's going to be an interesting one because I think he will get chances. Rashford, we all remember, was it two seasons ago, absolutely done Trent when Trent was on top form and taking the ball past him and burying him into the opposite side of the net. So I think he has got it in him that if Rashford can turn up on the day and Trent hasn't got his head in the right place yet, I think it could cause us major problems. Um, but all in all, as as I said before the break, Liverpool turn up on big games, irregardless of what the last couple of games have been like. Consistently over the last 10, 15 years, Liverpool always turn up in big matches. And I don't think it'll be any different there. Um, I think the key area that we will do well in is the midfield. We, we have dominated possession all season. Won or lost games, we have dominated possession in that midfield. Uh, and I think if we can continue to do that and we can knock Fernandez off the ball and, and stop Pogba getting his flow, um, then I think they've got they've got no one to feed there from three. So I think if we can keep that possession and keep the ball moving, I think United are going to have very, very little to do 
in terms of being able to push against us. So I, I can see us coming out on top as long as our midfield work as hard as what they have done over the last season. Um, but the reality is, I think I think we'll win it. And, and in reality, I suppose, and, and that's the question I want to ask you two boys. Um, I know we haven't. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you a question, but my my thought is obviously you've got a team of grafters, a team of really hard workers at the minute, with one key player who in Fernandez who's providing goals, he's providing assists, he's really sort of brought your team to the next level. You've got Maguire sitting at centre back. After all these years of progression under Oli, are you not just Leicester City of four or five years ago? Is that not what you are? Just Leicester City with a worse goalkeeper? Is that not? Oh, oh! I think we're sort of maybe in around you know the 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 Liverpool of the Gerard slip maybe <laughs> in around. <laughs> I agree with John there, we are, uh, along that lines, I agree with you there, John. Um, but you're saying there, was, but how, how many years goes when Leicester won that league? How many years? No, was it three? No. But if we're in the same standard as Leicester win the league that year, I'd be happy. So what you're saying, <laughs> if that's where it's going to be. Um, the yeah. But it's just, it's just asking the question that, that basically you're taking advantage of a really off season in the Premier League. Is that is that not what oh, it is? Right. It's in terms of, pro- in terms of two, instead of uh, being a progression. I, uh, I thought we were going to get to the problem. Like, what, 30, 30 years to get where you are? In the United States, in two, seven years, we're sitting at the top of the table at the minute. Only two, seven years. And we won with average players and above average, and we're we're sitting above Liverpool. Let's go on. What do you say? So, right, I'd say you're doing. I say you're having a good couple of weeks. Well, well, if you actually look at <laughs> if you look at the actual table, we have, as I said earlier, we have had the best away record in the Premier uh, League. Mm. So I think it's more than a few weeks. Well, so we were Jerry, we Jerry, were what nine Jerry. we were what nine nine points behind you and just were talking or walking away. You want to see my Facebook feed? You know, United or this, United or that, all the rest of it. Suddenly, very, very quickly dried up. You know, we went from nine points behind you to three points ahead of you. You know, so for an average team, what does that make Liverpool over the last four or five games? Mm. I'm not denying um, that at all. Like that, we have been poor over the last four or five games. Um, it's 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 definitely going to be an interesting match and an interesting rest of the season to see where everything lies and where it all winds up. Can I ask a question? Um, to me, to mainly Johnny and John, just before we kind of go into like the score and um, predictions, and I mean this on a very, I'm going to word it a little bit more politely than Danny did, although well played, Danny. Say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you the Leicester City from four or five years ago, classic shout. Um, and then John just comes straight in with the Gerard slip. I was waiting for it. I knew one of <laughs> I was always going to get mentioned. I was waiting for it. I'm fair play. But I think set a slip up to Liverpool half for thirty years, I suppose. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Um, but no, I'll say this question. So, do you now? Uh, so, okay, we've, we've, we've had a bit of a crack and jokes about age and stuff, but we've all been kind of over the last 20 years, we've all been big football fans over the last 15, 20 years. So, all four of us sitting in this podcast now, we've all seen the dominance that Manchester United have had. And we all know for years and years and years, Liverpool weren't even second fiddle, they weren't even third fiddle. All right. And Liverpool, all of a sudden, Clock come in, and we just went on this horizon where we just went from, you know, City dominated us and made us look like an average team. Then Liverpool come in, and Liverpool have done it. But right now, this could be the turning point. 
how how have you, how does it feel for you kind of being like Liverpool fans for the last five, six, seven years, kind of living on past glories, and now that he's could potentially be coming over that, how does it feel? Can you now, do you think that if United do come through this period and start being dominant and great again, can you appreciate what it like was it like to be a Liverpool fan of the last 10 years? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, I believe in seven years. Seven years. No, no, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, I know, but we I suppose we, we've been fortunate with the odd better, you know, cup success, you know, the UEFA Cup and you know, things like that are, you know, hmm. in between it all. <coughs> League Cup and Cups a cup as as far as far as United's concerned with the dry spell, a cup's a cup. I'll take anything at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charlie yeah. Shields good enough for me at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. But I think yeah. the one thing I have to say is it just kind of stands um to swift the old arguments and when you give the manager time, it does kind of normally pay off. Um so I have to say I'm kind of glad that United as a as a neutral fan, I'm kind of glad that United are stuck with Solskjaer um, because He's had some critics, but from what I hear as well, and you can confirm this just, just before I do ask you the your score predictions, I heard someone say that United get a lot of stick off the press. And Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, when results go bad, get a lot of stick off the press. But it's not actually off United fans that give um, Oli stick. Would that be true? Or would you find that there was a few United fans, like when he's got knocked out the Champions League? and so did, Do United fans give him stick, or have they always kind of been behind him? I think it's a bit of both. I think, yeah. you know, when results are bad, you know, yes, you know, everybody knows that you want to come in for a bit of stick and you want to come in. But I think, you know, proper true United fans understand that, you know, you don't go from Sir Alex Ferguson to dominance again yeah. just overnight. You have to have a bit of building. You have to have that understanding. I mean, the last league title that United won, United shouldn't have won it. That team were there. I agree. That, that team, that that I team agree. was shocking. So, like, whenever, you know, if you look at the progression we've had even from then, you know, it, it's been slow, it's been steady. You know, all right, we've had, I mean, I was never a big Mourinho fan, never a big Mourinho fan, you know, but he'd he done the job, he got the cup, you know, he brought a wee bit of those glory days back to United and then, thankfully, he's moved on and we've got somebody in that understands the club and understands what it's all about. It's all about youth. It's all about progression. I hate the fact that you go out and you spend 300 million on players and you try and build that ethos. That's that's not United. It's not my United. Hey, point very well made, John. Um, right, boys, so obviously we could sit here all night and I, I, you know, time is just going in like that. And we could, but I must ask you, um, what we're going to do is in, in the wee while is we're going to mention and talk about our you know combined eleven. But what I must ask, and I want you to be bold and honest in this, and I'll start off with you, Danny. Um, what is your score prediction for the Liverpool United game um, on Sunday? I'm going to go 3 1 Liverpool. I think Liverpool will show up. And I think the front three, they always show up in big games. I think we'll have lots of possession. I think we'll have lots of chances to score. I think United will have a go. And I think they'll have a good shout. And I think they will get a goal. But I'm, I'm going to go 3 1. Fair enough, fair enough. Hope so. Uh, Johnny, what about you, buddy? Um, for me, um, I'd, I'd go 2-1 United. So, as <laughs> you know, everybody, it's just going on previous, uh, if you look at the previous matches between Liverpool and United, they haven't been great. They haven't been an awful lot of goals. 
you know, realistically, the last derbies and all that weren't great, you know. So I'm just basing it on current form. United's are scoring quite a lot of goals, are doing well, are defending quite well. So in current form, I'd say 2-1 United. That's what I'd go for. What about you, John? Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out here and I'm going to go 2-0 United. Um, the last, wow. if, you, if you look at the last four derbies, 3-1 United, or 3-1 Liverpool, two draws, 2-0 United. The last two, 3-1 and 2-0, haven't been good. The last time we won, 17th of January 2016, hmm. was the last time we won a derby. When are we playing again? 17th of January 2021. We've got it. We've got to do it. Like it's just, it's written in the stars. <laughs> yeah, man of superstition there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what, folks. I'm going to go for completely different all three years, and I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Um, <laughs> <mentioned> the draw. <laughs> I think these games always end up. They always get hyped up. And um, where where's guilty as anyone for hyping these games? But um, a lot of them normally are shocking. Um, so let. I hope Danny's right. Um, I hope Johnny and John use are both wrong. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, and boys, it'll be interesting to maybe get you on back next week to discuss it because obviously we're playing United again next Sunday in the FA Cup, which you haven't really mentioned. So it'll be interesting to see who's right, who's wrong. We could all be wrong. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to maybe have you on again next week to see how things go. Um, but in the meantime, folks, obviously time for enough. What we will do is we're going to go through each one of us of have picked um a combined Liverpool and United 11 of current Premier League players. All right, so I'll, I'll read mine out first. Um, and what I will say, we have all previously discussed this, and um, I don't think there's that many surprises, but we'll see. Um, my my 11, starting from goalkeeper to, to forward, is Alisson Becker in goal. Um, I can't see why you'd have anyone else. Um, Arnold at right-back, Stonewaller. Again, Van Dijk at centre-back. Um, I did throw Harry Maguire in there. I just think that on his day, he's better than any other Liverpool defenders. So that's why he's in there. Left-back, doesn't need to be discussed. Robbo. Um, Holden in midfield. Hendo and Thiago. Um, Fred and McTominay don't even get near my... Wouldn't even get my squad. Just putting it out there. Um, and then obviously in front of them, you have to pick Fernandes. Because um, I think Pogba's the biggest pile of overrated pitch that's ever graced the Premier League, to be honest. So Fernandes, you can't... As much as I hate it, he has... Transformed United, so he's just in ahead of Hendo and Thiago. Then up front, I've got Salah, obviously because it's Mo Salah. Um, Manny because well, it's Manny. Then I do have Rashford um, at the top of that, um, which I think would surprise a few. But that's my eleven. What I will do now is I'll ask um, John, "What's your eleven?" Now you said no surprise for goalkeeper, but I went totally left field. I fancy Henderson. I fancy, yeah, I fancy Henderson. Why? You know, I just, I just like Henderson. I just think, you know, he, what he done in that Sheffield United team, you know, there is just an absolute world beater in there. You know, Allison's done it with a fantastic back four in front of him. De Gea's done it with a fantastic back four in front of him. But see, over recent times, Liverpool's back four hasn't been great. United's back four hasn't been great, and we ours have been creeping in to both games. When Henderson played for Sheffield United, where did they finish? Because he was just a machine. And I think if he got a, a real good run of games, I, I think he'd absolutely dislodge the hair comfortably. You know, I, 
good point, Conrad. You fair enough. Yeah, I went for a back three. Now, I obviously was going on players that can play. I didn't pick Van Dijk. Um, but, I mean, I'd have had Van, ba- Van Dijk all day in centre-back. Um, I put... Uh, you can't change the mind. That's okay. <laughs> I put Bay, Wambasaka, and Robertson in my back three. I think between Bay and Robertson, they get up and down the pitch. You know, Alexander Arnold's come back from injury. So again, I was a wee bit hesitant. But those two players up and down the pitch, fantastic, you know, speed, energy. And again, from a centre back point of view, I struggled, you know, but I ended up with Wambasaka because he's big, he's a solid unit, and he does the simple things well. Um, I put Modric uh, in as a holding midfield player. I just think, you know, they're going to need Who? something. Who did you put in? Modric. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think he's the, the forgotten man at United, but I put him in there just because, he, you know, he's good at what he does, strong tackles. And like I said, McTominay's a red card waiting, especially in games like this here. He could lose the head, he could fly in, and then you're down players and you're... You know, you're fighting. Uh, four across midfield. Um, Henderson, Pogba, Fernandez, and Milner. And I chose Henderson and Milner as cover for Bay and Robertson. They've been doing it all season. You know, Bay overlaps Henderson. Henderson drops in. Robertson overlaps Milner. Milner drops in. Two workhorses. And you can't really argue with Henderson as, you know, the captain of Liverpool not keeping him in. You know, he, he has been... He has been solid. Pogba and Fernandez, they are just, they're purely flair and skill. Um, you know, again, managers are because Pogba won't track back. You know, Pogba doesn't like to go you know, beyond <laughs> the halfway line, but we all know that. And then up top, I went for Greenwood and Firmino. You know, pace, skill, you know, we drop on the shoulder and they're away. And with Robertson and Bay overlapping, getting the balls into the box, you know, Firmino, Firmino, very skillful player, you know, drops off. Greenwood picks the ball up in the middle of the pitch, one twos with Fernandez. He's been excellent. So that's what I went for. And then just I'm sure as you've all seen, if it was nil nil, I've as my super sub, I had to had to put Ole in there. You know. <laughs> last last ten minutes off the bench, you never know. You know, dream of Bayern Munich again. That's why I went for him. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um and Joe has an interesting team. Um, some players I wouldn't would didn't even come into my radar, so fair enough. Um, I'll leave Johnny to last, um, but I'll, I'll give a reason for that. Um, but I'll ask you, Danny, what's yours, buddy? Uh, um, so yeah, it's similar similar enough to some of yours, but I made a little bit of a change last minute just because of the way that I felt. Um, but I've gone with I've gone with Allison in goal. Um, I think you made a good point about about Henderson. I think he's a good keeper. I think he could dislodge De Gea because he's having such an off season. Um, but I think on the day, I don't think he'll be he's as good as Allison. I don't think he's anywhere near it. Um, so I'm going with Allison with Trent at the back, um, Fabino, Van Dijk, and Robertson because I, I think like I I, don't, I don't know I've said it in previous posts in previous podcasts, but like I think Fabino if he keeps him at centre back. Get some working there when Van Dyke's back. I think Fabino's the only one of the only ones in in the whole Premier League that looks anywhere near Van Dyke's level, and he doesn't normally even play there. So I I would be sticking with Fabino at the back. So I've gone with that back four. Um, I've gone with Thiago sitting just in front of them, and then I have gone with Fernandez and Pogba both sitting in front there. 
um, and I, I swapped it. Like I, I have always said, and I've always said since the UFA days, I rate Pogba. I like him as a player, and I think if you can get him past his own ego, I think you've got a really, really good player there. But he's so worried about his own self-importance and his own deals with all those different companies he's got that it stops him playing. He listens to his agent too much. Um, but I would be going Pogba and Fernandez. I think Fernandez I don't even need to mention about because Fernandez has revolutionised Man United only in the position that they're in because of Fernandez and how good he's been and the goals and the assists that he's brought in. So he, he makes he makes the team no bother. Uh, and I've gone with a front three of Salah Mane either side. Uh, and then I've gone with Cavani up top. Um, mainly because, and I know people will say about the Rashford thing, but there's two reasons behind that. Is that one, Rashford's best position is on the left-hand side. And I think, yes, he has improved massively over the last two seasons, but he's still not on Mane's level. So I would always pick Mane over Rashford there. And secondly, you look back over the last couple of seasons with the likes of, of Rashford and Greenwood and, and other strikers like that, they generally haven't massively performed. But you bring in a player like Cavani into that squad and they're watching his professionalism and the way that he plays on the training pitch day by day. All of their games have improved because of him. And yes, he is not as quick as he used to be, but he is a massively decorated, probably one of the best strikers of the last 10 years in Europe. Uh, and for them to watch him has made them improve. And Cavani's the reason for that. So that's why I put him into the team. Wow. that's uh, Up until you said Pogba, I was just about to say spot the Liverpool fan, but <laughs> fair enough, hey, fair enough. Um, and Johnny, um, there's a reason I left yours to last, um, but Danny kind of threw me spanning the works there. But yeah, tell me your one to eleven, please, Johnny. <laughs> well, I've gone, I've gone for my old faithful to Gea and that because if you look at his performances over the several years, he has been the best shot stopper in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, he's had a bit of an off season stuff, but even that, that this season he's pulled out some cracking saves. You can't deny it. You know, if he's been... Ollie's picked him for most of the matches for a reason. His trust, his reliability uh, is what the, I, the reason I've picked him. Now, I was a bit hesitant when we was back four because I found it quite difficult to pick a back four. So I didn't really know what to go in for. But I went for Trent, Valley, Maguire and Robbo. For some of the reasons that I rest you, it's like, the um, reason I picked Maguire is because Maguire is probably... Nobody's going to beat him to the ball for a head early. You know, any the balls, for example, the ball's been worth. You boys just forget the Van Dyke existed now. Well, the reason I didn't pick Van Dyke is the same reason as John, because Van Dyke's out, he hasn't played. You know, that's the reason why I didn't pick Van Dyke. You, you know, just haven't got it in them, have they, Danny? You just haven't got it in Bring them. Bring him on with a cast, he's still better than Bay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not nah, at all. But the reason that's the reason I picked Maguire, like Maguire can score goals as well when he gets up the top, if they're allowed. I don't understand why that goal the other day wasn't allowed. I'm still confused. Um, He works hard as well. Yes, he does make the odd mistake. That brings me to the way I've put in Bally and the other beside him. Because he can pick up the if Maguire makes a mistake, if Maguire pushes forward for corners, he can Bally can bend behind, take up the space, make he can make great passes. You ever watch watch him the other day and he's just passing the ball forty five yards across the pitch. You know, stuff like that is is for me is is very important uh, and a good defender. Uh, and he can go forward as well. You know, he's got a bit of skill, a bit of dribble around him, and he tackles hard. Uh, Trent is all just obvious reasons, you know, because what he is, the two, Trent and Ed, it's as much as hard for me. You're Trent and Robbo have to be the best players in the Premier League in those positions. I can't, it's, it's hard for me 
to say that. It's got mention, but it's true. I was hesitant to pick Trent. I was going to go for Wamba Saka because Trent's been injured and stuff like that. Wamba Saka is one of the best tacklers in the Premiership, without not too many get past him, whatever. But he does lack a bit of creativity. He don't. He doesn't get too many balls in for crosses and stuff like that. He tackles the ball, wins the ball, four or five yard passes. But he runs up the wing, and very rarely gets good crossing. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't put him in there. That's um, why he's my centre back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, fair enough. Um, and then for the cross the middle part, we've got Pogba. Based on the simple reason, the past couple of games. Fernandez looked a bit tired and made a few more mistakes, but Pogba stepped up. Man of the match early on night, you know, it was fantastic going forward. And he actually did track back in the last match. He tracked back and defended very well, cleared a few balls from corners. So he's starting to pick up. The reason why he has to is because of Fernandez, because he knows that he's under threat now, because Fernandez is definitely the best midfielder in the Premiership. So, yes, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And then I picked Thiago. I wasn't sure whether I picked him up, just for simple fact that. He's been injured and been out for a good part of the season. Um, but I was based on his, his reputation and his abilities, you know. Um, so that's why I picked him, because I know he's got the ability to do it. Uh, the front three, Rashford, Salah and Greenwood. Simple fact, pace, power. Uh, like Greenwood's one of the best strikers in the Premiership. When he gets a ball, he can the ball like a rocket. You know what I mean? Salah's movement's well. He passes well. You know, that's one of the reasons why I went Johnny. Pick, obviously. Did I did I not see Cavani in the original eleven or am I getting no. mixed up? You got mixed up. No, I didn't think okay. I had talked about Cavani and said I didn't think because so it didn't. So it didn't. But no, no, right. fair, fair enough. So I think out of those four teams, boys, I think the only two players that were picked by everyone was Robinson and um, Fernandez. Am I um, is anyone else or am I missing anyone else out? Um, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think what that proves to me, boys, um, and we're going to come to the end of the show, obviously, but what I think that proves to me is that you could have another four people, you could have another ten people. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was pretty much you could spot the Liverpool fan and spot the United fan um, until Danny just come out of nowhere and put Pogba on his team. <laughs> I think that, that for me, that was the most shocking decision. Um, right, for me, I don't realize- know, well, yeah. What I, what I can say as well, and this is just a wee dig um, just to get it in. I've been saying for, I want to say for a while how he can start Greenwood in the best of best eleven whenever he doesn't even play all the time for users. And you're going to say that, right? How many appearances Greenwood made in the Premier League this season? Off the bench, though. That's the thing. Matter. That's like you throw in a medium. How many has he made? I'm not sure. Go on, Johnny. Tell, well, you're going to tell me. Out of his 17 game matches, right? So that's not... He's obviously, he's there. He's got the ability. Yeah, if he was a bench player, he wouldn't have played 12 matches. So he wouldn't have. Fair enough, fair enough. But I just think that, you know, when you look you at look Salah Mane for me... Tiago's only played four. <laughs> you know fair mean? enough. Point, point well made. Point well made. Fair enough. Johnny had to get that wee last thing in there, didn't he? Um, <laughs> also, say, boys, it's, it's going to make for a very, very, very fiery and interesting Sunday. Um I think one thing I will say, and we will touch on this just briefly before we end the show. Um, guys, there's been talk of this potential circuit breaker um, and there's been talk of why should you know footballers get vaccinations and all this type of stuff. But for, me and Danny have discussed this on length a few times, but for you two boys, um, as football fans, before being United fans, I'm sure you are those type of people could be all like that. What does football mean to you boys now that you know world is a difficult place to live in? 
And what does the excitement of a Liverpool United game give you in your life? I mean, you mentioned it straight away, Johnny, we've come on. Um, like life and tough. So what does a Liverpool United game to look forward to, the bands and stuff, give you in the world that we, that we live in at the moment? Are you grateful to football still being played or you think that it shouldn't be played? Or what do you think, just to kind of, of an end note? Well, I'm glad football's going. Um, reason being is I'm glad football's going because sport's important. Even if you're not playing it, watching it sport is important for your mental health. It gives you something to look forward to. It gives you excited. Like these games, we'll be on talking the United Liverpool after that match. I'll phone you or we'll send a message, bit of crack, bit of banter. If we didn't have that, what would we talk about? You know, we'll be like, I'm not gonna lie. At this minute, I'm unfurled. I'm struggling to get up out of bed. You know, it was like, why do I need to get up? There's no reason to. So with football there for me is like, let's do it, let's do it. This is enjoyable. As far as the vaccinations go, I can understand why they need to get done. But um, the other fact is like, because you're, I know it's just back to the money thing, they are an awful lot of money. They could actually pay for get the vaccination done privately if they wanted. You know, so it takes less pressure off the NHS or whoever. Mm. But if they get vaccinated, I think it's important because if they do, it means there's less risk of the football being stopped, you know, because there's less chance of them catching the virus. It also probably means that a lot of people that are probably doubtful about the vaccination may take it if they see their they Premier see the League fact. hero take, taking the vaccination type of thing. And um, What about yeah. you, John? Do you, do you think the way times are at the moment, do you think it's great the football's still going or what, what, what's your opinion? No, I, I'm in agreement with Johnny. Um, I think for, you know, for people's mental health, it is, you know, it's important that it keeps going. It gives people something to look forward to. You know, it gives people something to, like I say, I mean, my Facebook feed, gives people something to banter backwards and forwards about. It gives people something to, you know, to get up at. You know, I have been vaccinated. Um, I am classed as a key worker. So I have t- received my first vaccine. I would encourage oh, everybody to, I would encourage everybody to get up. Absolutely. You know, we need to get over that. 70% threshold to get these things back. You know, I want to see fans back in, you know, stadiums. You know, the Liverpool United game is going to be great at the weekend, but how much better would it be if you had 70,000 fans being for blood? You know, that, that, would, that would be, that would, that would, that would be where, you know, we want to get it. You know, and, yeah. you know, it's so important. Football, I know, I know it's only a game. But it is so important for everybody. You know, there's millions of fans around the world will tune in for this game. You know, it's such a lift. Whether you win or whether you lose, it's 90 minutes out of just this mundane, I can't go to the pub, I, you know, I can only go out so many miles out of my house. You know, I'm in tier three, tier four, tier 10, you know. Yeah. It's 90 minutes away from all of that. Yeah. And it's so important. I have to um, I have to echo Johnny's and, and, and John's thoughts there. Me and Danny have discussed it at length. Um, so, yeah, just want to touch on that. But just before we go, and it's a yes and no answer, and I'll start off with you, Johnny, and then we'll go to John and then to Danny just before we end. But just to, um, so when I say yes and no answer, it's just yes or no, all right? Or you can say one word. Are Manchester United going to win the league, Johnny? Yes. All right. John, are Manchester United going to win the league? No. <laughs> and Danny, are Liverpool going to win the league? I'm going to say yes for now, <laughs> just but you know. uh, it's more than a yes no answer there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, boys. Well, time is running out. It's been an absolute pleasure 
Um, if you're okay, boys, we'll get you on next week as well for the FA Cup game coming. Oh, yeah, by the way, I just want to say one thing. I want to congratulate you and getting engaged there. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to, to be part of that wee video, mate, I must yeah. say. No problem. Oh, you, you well. We, 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 we discussed it beforehand um, before on the first part, so thank so you. Congratulations. Sorry, I have to say that. I meant to say at the start, but just put it no, in there. Sorry. Right. Well, boys, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. John, great to meet you, buddy. Um, thank you very John, much. Um, both made some great points. Um, and yeah, the goal, the goalkeeper and the, the, the defence union ganged up on me today, I think. There you go. But what can you say? <laughs> Anything to add, Danny, before we go? No, I just think it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. I think it's good the football's still happening. If any organisation can do it in the world, it's the Premier League with the money that they've got. But at the same time, if we get beat on Sunday, I think the league should be null and voided. That's all there is to it. <laughs> what I will say before, before we end, and I'll be well ending on this final, what are the chances it's going to be a bloody nil-nil? In the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Podcast Network.